This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to 1,000 Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols, has a specific protocol for your first week joining, and then there are these new things called open snacks, which are super cool. Here you are given quick warm-ups and cool-down protocols for the open wads, featuring elite athletes Allison Scuds and Saxon Panchik. And who doesn't need recovery after those open workouts? The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. If you want to try Mobility Movement, go to mobilitymovement.com. That is mobilitymnt.com. And make sure you use our code CLYDESDALE20, all caps, to get 20% off your first six months. That's mobilitymovement.com, mobilitymnt.com. Use code CLYDESDALE20 to get 20% off your first six months. I've been using this since the first of the year, and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief, and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com, that's mobilitymnt.com, and use Clydesdale 20 to get 20% off your first six-month subscription. <laughs> oh, snap, you got the uh, the Bethany Shadburn uh, jersey in the back, the, the Bulldogs and Crocs one. I love that shirt. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Mine, mine fell apart on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, uh, she signed it for me. Um, we, be we became friends a couple years ago, and... Um, she's just the coolest. Yeah, she, she's good people. Uh, and uh, I, I love seeing her out in Vegas with, with underdogs and, and training with, you know, Carrie Pierce, Danielle Brandon. Uh, you know, you got a bunch of killers out there. And I think that's exactly what she was missing because she trained here in Austin for a while. And, like, you know, me and, and my uh, – my, uh, friend Armin we we went and trained with her jokingly but like even training with her jokingly was like incredible for her because she's like it's normally just me and like you have to go to those dark places consistently by yourself but it's art um yeah so I I'm glad that she's out there and it seems like she's thriving I was really disappointed last year with with uh COVID kind of screwing the season for her because I I thought she was going to burn it down 
like, you know, I don't know if she beats Tia, but man, I, I think she had a really good shot at podium. But. Yeah, the way she went at West Coast Classic, like a lot of her things that she wasn't as good at, she got really good at. Like the and strength then, being so consistent on strength was so cool. Yeah, and then and then you take like the Ruck Run where she has an engine that doesn't stop and and she just killed it. Like she killed yeah. everybody. Men, women, yeah. children, Maybe. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Even the even the women and children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm excited for. Her. I hope. I hope this is her year. Um, yeah. I fingers crossed for. Her. But you know, well, we'll see how it pans out. Everything's so, so up in the air. I mean, we're what? What is this? Uh, literally, we find out the first workout of the season tomorrow. Yeah. About 24 hours. Yeah, I'm angsty. I'm angsty for it, man. <laughs> well, we're already recording, so this is awesome. Having having a good time with our friend Chase here. Chase Long, hey, you may recognize him from uh, Scale is Needed. Um, it was the Armin, Armin Hammer TV, Armin Hammer podcast. He was kind of the an analyst that went along with uh, Armin on some of his adventures. And what I found funny is right before I came down here to get on with you, uh, Armin went live on IG. And I was like, right. does he know, is he trying to take Chase's Thunder again? <laughs> that's that's his favorite thing, man. He has to come and undermine me and all of my adventures. Um, yeah. That was exciting. I didn't know he was going to jump on. I didn't even know he still had Instagram, to be honest. <laughs> so it was cool to get a little update from, from the goat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We love Armin, man. He's just he's just awesome. I hope he comes back and does some CrossFit stuff in the future. Um, but I know he's got m bigger priorities right now. Yeah, yeah. The raising the family thing, I tell you. <laughs> no, um, me too. Fingers crossed. I, I think you'll come back sooner or later. So I want to I wanna get to know you a little bit better. We met at TFX. Um, I did a short eight-minute interview with you down there. Um, but we're going to get a little more uh, in-depth and a little bit longer interview today. So um, I was doing some research on you, and you grew up in West Virginia. Yes, West by God, Virginia. <laughs> and you were you were a wrestler all through high school. All through high school, yeah, man. And uh, even went and wrestled in college as well. Well, that, that was next in my notes. <laughs> um, so Ohio Valley University? Yes, Ohio Valley University, the uh, home of the Fighting Scots. They uh, very, very small university, and it pretends like it's in Ohio, but it's actually in West Virginia. That's a key part. Helps with recruiting. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, I was very fortunate to be a part of their their first ever Division Two wrestling team. I was in that first inaugural uh, recruitment class, so it just was like perfect happenstance, like. I was about to graduate high school, wanted to go to school for wrestling. All of the offers I had on the table were, uh, you know, I had some division two offers. I had some division one offers, but they all wanted me to wrestle at 165 or 174 and under 180. I hadn't seen under 180 at that point for like five years. Like I was like, oh, I was a sixth grader last time I weighed around 170 and you want me to wrestle 165 i don't know man um 
And fortunately, this opportunity came along at, at Ohio Valley University and they offered me the, you know, any weight class I wanted, really, I could go 184 or 197 and, and it just panned out. We had a, we had an assistant coach at the time who was a former D1 All-American and he was in my weight class, 184. So I had an excellent training partner, regardless of who else we recruited. And, you know, if you're a wrestler, you know how important that is. You need to have a really good training group because it's not like CrossFit where you can hit percentages and numbers and times and compete against yourself. You, you really need somebody that is better than you to kind of raise the bar. So having that guy was, was incredible. So I also, um, I read some quotes from your coach that you were kind of like the recruit he wanted because of your leadership ability. And you ended up being a captain for five straight years. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's radical looking back on that time. Um, I was very, I, I came into college and came into college wrestling with the perspective that, uh, you know, nationals and being an all American was my end goal. I wanted to be on the podium at nationals. And I think a lot of people that come into college sports, uh, especially after having a, you know, pretty good high school career are just grateful to be able to like do it. But they're ultimately looking at college as like an opportunity to have fun. And if they're good at it, they're good at it. If not, it's not going to like crush them. For me, I, I very much had this vision. Um, and because of that, I behaved and acted a certain way. You know, everything on my schedule, everything in my life was there to optimize my performance on the wrestling mat. Um, and that's really the type of leadership that I showcased was, hey, follow my actions lead by example um so innately just by me being at practice early staying late uh setting up extra practices and weight room sessions by doing all of that you just kind of flock uh you kind of you, people gravitate towards you they want to do the same things because they see your results on the map um and that just really you know raises the bar across across the whole team you know uh, so it was never in my head. I was like, I'm being a great leader. I was like, I just want to be the best I can be. And all of that stuff happened, happenstance, basically. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, those are the best leaders, right? That are, that lead by example and, and show you how it's done. So a couple, a couple things you, you went to nationals twice. Yes, sir. Um, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, man. The, uh, my my first trip to nationals, I it's uh, it was my junior year, my true junior year. Uh, the year before, uh, as a sophomore, we, you have regionals. You have to go to super regionals in Division Two and then place top four to get invited to nationals. And that that first year, like all of us were so green as a team, like we were all just like, man, like these are the best of the best, like. If I don't, if I, if I go to super regionals and I like make it to the second day, it's a two day tournament. If I make it to the second day, like that's a big, that's a big accomplishment. And I made it to the second day. I was the only one on the team my sophomore year that made it to the second day, go out for a match against a guy that I'd already beat. And, uh, when I beat him the first time we were both wrestling in neutral, uh, we didn't have to take the, the match to the ground at all. And, uh, I just tired him out and won that way, right? Well, I go to wrestle on the second day of regionals my sophomore year. 
we get into the second period and he picks the top position. And instantly, if you're a wrestler and you see someone take the top position instead of bottom, you're like, oh, snap, like this could go very poorly because you never pick that position because it's just like you have to hold him down. You can't really score points. So he picks top and like five seconds into that period, he like just completely like rips me apart. Like I go to stand up and he throws in both his legs and like pops my arms out from under me. And like, I feel my entire back just completely pop and like break. It felt like, um, and that was the end of that season. Like that happened, all the air left my body. And I remember just being like, well, I made it to the second day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I returned the, the, the next season, man. And I bumped up a weight class and I was wrestling 197 and it was just a, a speed and strength matchup that really worked in my favor. I was just as strong as 197 pounders, but my footwork was so much faster and my, my conditioning was so much better. My engine was so much better that I could just outlast people for seven minutes. And I won a lot of matches because of my conditioning. Um, and that was really the year that everything opened up. I, I was competing with people that are nationally ranked. I beat a guy that was third in order to qualify for nationals. And that's that was that was that. You know, we went to nationals after that and I was like the first one in our at our university that had done that for an individual sport. Um, and that just set the expectation for the for the next season to re- to return. Um, is <laughs> It was a cool experience, man, because it's a super small university. I don't know if anyone knows anything about Ohio Valley University, but uh, it's like 250 kids on campus. So it's literally smaller than most high schools. Like I I knew everybody and everybody knew me. And it was just like uh, it felt like a sitcom, you know, (laughs) during that time. I was tired of hearing my own name around school and on campus. I was like, I hate this Chase guy. He's he's anywhere and everywhere doing everything. Um, but you know, super grateful for the opportunity that, that following year, uh, I ended up taking a medical red shirt. Um, and initially it was supposed to be just a regular red shirt season in college athletics. You get four years of eligibility, but you can take a medical red shirt and then you can take like a, a random regular red shirt where you're not competing. So you don't lose any eligibility. A lot of people do it so they can gain size and muscle as freshmen uh, and hit the ground running their sophomore year. Um, I ended up taking it just so I could kind of bulk up for 197. Um, that was my plan. And then come back in a year later and, you know, really own the weight class. But what actually ended up happening is I tried to do the bulking up and all that, all that happy stuff. And I encountered a bulging disc. I had a uh, herniated disc in my C6, C7. Um, and it just was like, because I'd been wrestling my entire life since I was five years old, there's a lot of wear and tear on your neck. Um, and it like kind of manifested itself one day when I tried to get out of bed and it, like neither of my triceps were firing. So like I'm trying to roll and press myself with my arms and there's just no strength. And it was... It was the scariest thing I've I've still ever dealt with injury-wise. You know, you, you tweak your knee, you mess up your hips, you know, injure your lower back. But uh, that was that was the scariest thing ever because I just I couldn't even bench the barbell, let alone do a push-up. So uh, 
luckily I was already redshirting, so it didn't impact my season. And I was able to get linked up with a really good chiropractor, had some MRIs done, and got a treatment plan that didn't involve surgery. And basically was just really, really, uh, you know, focused on optimizing myself for the next season, right? I was very diligent on making sure if I was, if I was working out, I was seeing the chiropractor after uh, getting, uh, getting a practice done called uh, traction where they basically hook your head up in this strap system and you lay on a table and it just pulls your head away from your body to like lengthen out and decompress your spine. Um, and I would have to do that like 30 minutes before practice, 30 minutes after practice. And along with all the icing uh, and ibuprofen that you can, your, your liver can handle, um, had to nurse myself back to health. And I was able to come back the next season and, and make it to nationals again. Uh, you know, granted, it wasn't like the ideal situation, but I was at that point, I was just happy to have made it through the season healthy and come back to nationals. I was still the only person on the team that made it. Um, and it was still a really big deal. But for me, it had a different meaning. Instead of going to like win, I was just happy to have gotten back to where I was because I, you know, a year before that, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to wrestle. So, Along with that, you you have a lot of accomplishments during that time. The Elite 89, you won that yeah. award for academics. You were a Dean's List student the whole time you were there, <laughs> which is very, very impressive, uh, as I struggled to make the Dean's List ever when I was in college. And um, the best part of my research of your wrestling in at Ohio Valley is the picture of Short Hair Chase. <laughs> yeah, he exists, man. That, that used to be all there was. You know, before CrossFit, I was just short-haired face. Had the real close, you know, faded sides, buzz top. It was, it was a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want anybody pulling the hair when you're uh, when you're wrestling. No, no. It, you have to wear a hair cap if you have long hair. I'll tell you what, too, man. In West Virginia, it's 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 not the norm to see a guy with long hair. Uh, so if you're trying to get a job in marketing and business too, like internships, you got to be presentable. This isn't, you know, how I look now isn't presentable in West Virginia. They would just laugh me out of the room. <laughs> so that was your major uh, marketing and business? Yeah, it was uh, marketing with a, what is that, minor and public relations. Um, yeah, that's, I wanted to be in advertising. I wanted to do branding and yeah. That's it worked out. You know, I feel like it's so rare that you actually get a job in your your major, um, especially without like additional schooling. But I was just really relentless with kind of pursuing my network and, and the and the connections that I made while in college. Um, been super beneficial, you know, that's the name of the game. So I, I don't know if I remember this correctly. I think I was watching um, a sand podcast and you had talked about at one point in your career, you wrestled Tola Moraquino. <laughs> yeah, I, I did wrestle Tola. Um, now I doubt he remembers it because th this is how this is how it came about. He wrestled for West Virginia State University, um, and that is another school that's within West Virginia. I don't know how long Tola was there, but he was there that season, and the year before, the guy that they sent out for my weight class was just a complete scrub like he was not good and i go into the week leading up to this match 
expecting the same scrub, right? Like people keep the same rosters. I was like, ah, you know, it'll be a pretty easy home match uh, against this guy that is not good from West Virginia State University. And I walk into practice on Monday and my heavyweight, who I trained with a lot, um, shows me on his phone. He's like a video of a guy lifting. And at the time, I can't remember if it was 275 or 315, but he had an obnoxious amount of weight on the bar. And he's jerking it overhead and then overhead squatting it. And uh, this is this is like 2013. I hadn't even really done any CrossFit, let alone seen any videos of anyone doing that type of weight overhead. I was like, that's fake. That's 100% fake. <laughs> and then like the video, you hear it hit the ground and it makes all the noise. I was like, okay, maybe it's not fake. And <laughs> so instantly, like, I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to, I'm in for it. On my home turf against our arch rivals, I'm going to have the hardest match of the night because this guy is a freak of nature. And I just kept, I remember like the whole week, I was just like, man, I hope that guy's not actually 184 because, or 197. I hope he's not 197 because I, I, don't, I don't feel like dealing with all that. That is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And uh, lo and behold, the, the night of the match comes in, y'all weigh in together. I see him. I was like, that's definitely the guy from the video. That looks just like a guy. Here we go, you know. And at the time, I, I'm like a national qualifier. Like, everyone knows that I'm I'm pretty good at this wrestling thing. So I'm sure it's on his radar. Um, but we walk out, slap hands, and thank God that he is talented at weightlifting and probably a great football player. <laughs> but he was not good at wrestling dog he just didn't <laughs> he did not have it for the wrestling he, he didn't have the stamina the conditioning or the positioning that you need to last in a college wrestling match so i was able to wear him out he was super explosive he was doing all types of crazy stuff still some of the wildest things i've ever wrestled against like you know he at one point he like broke away from me because you're normally locked up here right he like breaks away hits the mat does like a 360 spin and then like tries to get a double leg on me and like i'm quick enough that and conditioned enough that i was like oh it's not gonna happen but in the match i was like this guy's like he's explosive like if he gets i gotta be on my toes the entire time and yeah and then you know i win the match get my hand raised and <laughs> fast forward like five years later four years later this guy crossfit games with uh, what what was it? Uh, Invictus Boston what was yeah. that year? Yeah, the Back Bay team. Yeah, Back Bay team. I just I remember hearing his name, and that's a name that you don't forget. And then I saw him, and I was like, "That's the guy." <laughs> of course, he'd be good at CrossFit. He was putting up three fifteen like it was nothing when he was like eleven. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, last year at West Coast, when he tried to double the last, um, the last rung of the ladder. Yeah, and everybody else is, like, struggling to get there, and he's going to touch and go. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rude. He, he seemed like a really good cat. I haven't talked to him since that match. That's the only match that I can remember in college where I walk off the mat, shake my coach's hand, and instead of them being like, hey, good job, Chase. That was a great match. I go, we need to recruit that guy. <laughs> I was like... How, how am I going to wrestle and beat this guy? And you're thinking of recruiting him for next season. What the heck? <laughs> but, you know, they just saw so much talent. and I can't blame him. He's explosivity like that isn't, isn't natural, man. 
<laughs> yeah. So we're going to move into the next phase of your career. You graduate with your marketing degree. What's next? It was it directly into flow, or did you start something else first? Oh, I. That's a great question. So I went directly into uh, working for a NBC and ABC news affiliate. So you know, uh, basically a local news station that does broadcast advertising. I started working with them and selling local TV commercial advertising and digital advertising solutions to local businesses. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, it's basically just a glorified sales job where you have to also be somewhat creative for mom and shops within West Virginia, right? You got to be like, yo, how do we sell these mattresses and these sofas this month for this sale? And then coming up with a cool commercial idea for it. I went into that for you know, the, the fall after I graduated. So fall of 2015, I did that until January of 2017. And it was a grind. I was not, you know, I was able to do it. It's strictly a numbers game. You know, you got to make 100 sales calls in order to get 10 clients or 10 potential buyers. But it ultimately wasn't what I wanted to do. It was fine for the time. I learned a lot, especially about account management and, you know, customer expectations really kind of learning that, you know, not under promise, but always trying to over deliver versus under deliver, you know, creating that and understanding what that means to, for, you know, for personal relationships. Yeah, man, so, I, I did that. And it was crazy. <laughs> Charlie, you, you know anything about that? I know, I know a little bit of something about that. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's like, it's crazy to me is like, how how okay and i don't know if you know the same thing or if you're co comfortable talking about it but it's like the smaller accounts the people that work don't have the biggest budget are the most difficult people to work with and then once you yep. get to the bigger budget people like they just do not care they're like whatever we trust you run it <laughs> and it's hands off it's amazing um i literally was saying that to somebody yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah man i uh i identify with that a lot <laughs> And so, as the as the new blood, I, I had all small accounts. I had like a dead account list to work with. So my mm -hmm. my view of that job is tainted by that. It was just like not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see me. I walk in through their doors and are like, oh, this guy. And you're like, let me talk to you, man. <laughs> yeah, so talking about for our, business. So for our listeners I, that don't know, Charlie does that now. He works for the local uh, Fox and ABC affiliate here in Columbus. Um, but yeah, so you guys Dude, have that what in a, common. That'd be a killer market too. Columbus, there's so much. Yeah. And West Virginia, you have like 10 yeah. different possible advertisers and <laughs> one through eight are already <laughs> taken by senior account reps, you know? Yep. <laughs> and the other two might yeah. go out of business next month. <laughs> Right. You might be the last purchase they make. You are talking to plumbers, yeah. Plumbers and HVAC and being like, hey man, I know, but you need to be doing some TV commercials. And he's like, my God, get out of here. Uh yeah, it's it's fun. Man, it's crazy how much it impacts my career, not only at Flow, but also today. Like the lessons that I learned cutting my teeth on that, like insane. 
Um, and I'm, I'm super, super grateful for the opportunity, man. Like I, I lucked into that role because of just networking and, and family, friends, to be honest. So mm-hmm. always going to be grateful for that. And so, it helped that we are the best, the best broadcast station in the area. Right. There was like a CBS affiliate, but yeah, nah, you want to be with NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all, it's always good to be the number one dog in town. Yeah. Yeah, and Charlie had two. He has Fox and ABC, so he has two of the four. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, CW that's, that's... too. Don't you have CW? Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're rolled together. Yeah, we do. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how did how did you end up going to Flow? Did they recruit you? Did you see something where you said this is where I want to go? Yeah, man. Uh, so I started CrossFit in the fall of 2015 because I moved towns. I was in Clarksburg, West Virginia. And where I'm originally from, we didn't have any CrossFit gyms. So I, I start there. I'm going to a YMCA. It sucked. Um, I was like, man, this is awful. I'm going to become one of these old guys that's like struggling to like keep working out, you know, doing like weird elliptical stuff. So I stumbled into a CrossFit gym. Uh, it was an instant hit. Loved it. Loved the competitive nature of it. Loved the people that were there running the show. And through that gym, I made a friend. His name's Jay Moretti. I'll drop his name here. Um, and we just like hit it off innately. Jay was a little bit more uh, settled in his life, a little bit more established. Had a had a goal path. He was he was on his way to becoming a lawyer. And we were doing random side jobs with people from the gym during the weekend. So this weekend we were clearing out brush in some field in West Virginia. And it's me and Jay out in the middle of nowhere. And Jay just hits me with like, hey man, like, you know what you're doing right now, you know, selling advertising and working with local advertisers. Is that like what you want to be doing? Is that the, is that like what you dreamed of while you're in college? And I was like, you know, not, not exactly, but <laughs> it's a job. And he's like, well, what would you want to be doing? And I like hit him right on the spot. I was like, hey man, like, Ideally, I'd be doing branding and, and marketing for for someone like Nike or Flow Wrestling or um, I listed off a whole bunch of things. I was like Flow Wrestling on it, uh, Nike, Adidas, like something like that, right? Like within my passion, talking about fitness, sports or or fashion uh, and doing marketing and branding for them. And he said Flow Wrestling. He's like, is that any relation to Flow Track? And I was like, yeah, they're all all related, man. And he's like. That's good to know. I got a, I got a guy at Flow Track. Let me put you in contact with him and, and see if there's any type of opportunities. And he put me in connection with with a guy at Flow Track. And sure enough, like they had some opportunities with Flow Elite uh, for a marketer. They've been looking really hard for a marketer to come out and join Armin. And it's funny because I was listening to Wadcast podcast during this time because I was a newbie at CrossFit. So I was so obsessed with everything. I was taking in all the content. And it was probably February of that year. And this is like August of the following year or the, of the same year. And I remember hearing a podcast episode with Armin saying like, yo, I'm moving out to Austin, looking to build this thing called Flow Elite. So if you know any marketers that can help me build this thing, you know, send them my way. Or if you are a marketer, send us your, your information. I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, what a cool thing. And then... Yeah, yeah. You move to that fall and I'm applying for that position and I'm having interviews with the people from Flow Sports and I get to talk to Armin and 
we talked on the phone and it was as if I had discovered my long lost brother. Like we just, you know, we could finish each other's sentences and, and thoughts and be in the same spot just right off the cuff without even knowing each other. You know, a lot of it because of how much I listen to podcasts, but also just, you know, we innately got each other. And yeah, that was it. I, after that, it was a perfect fit because, you know, I feel like once I got to Flow Sports, I realized like Armin is like this big, big character, right? And if he's happy with something, he's going to champion it, right? He's going to talk about it all the time. So me hitting it off with Armin on the phone, like, was a lot. You know, that's why I got the job is because he was like, that's the guy. I don't want any other guy or any other person. This is a perfect fit. And came out to Austin, Texas, February 2017, and have been here since. And Flow was really a channel designed for niche sports, right? To give them a an avenue to be able to get some some play and some uh, some broadcasting like track wrestling, things like that. And then CrossFit kind of dipped their toe in the water with Armin there, or not really CrossFit. Armin did it about elite fitness sports. Yeah, yeah. Was, um, their their specialty is is you know the fans, right? Just like people are fanatic about uh, basketball and NFL, people are you know crazy about high school and college track. People are crazy about college wrestling. People are crazy about diving. And there's no representation on ESPN or ABC or CBS for these sports, really. And it's the same idea was applied to CrossFit because there's all these big throwdown events. You know, at the time there was a lot more than what ended up happening. Like it was like every other. Every other week, people are announcing another throwdown that was like going to be a big deal, and all the big name athletes were there. Uh, so it really was born out of that idea, and providing a you know really nice production and streaming service for those fans. But what ultimately ended up happening is that the the environment, the CrossFit live competition environment, wasn't strong enough to maintain that type of subscription service. Like we basically we're operating at a loss from my understanding. It cost us so much to put the production on and to purchase the rights for streaming the event that there was no way we were ever going to have enough subscribers to offset that cost. So it was always just very difficult. We were really relying on Wadapalooza and Granite Games. And every year it felt like those conversations were like in flux of whether we were going to sponsor them or not. Um, and I think ultimately with the changes that that CrossFit put down, it just kind of, you know, crushed everything. And now it's just a news site. <laughs> yeah. Not to say there's anything wrong with the news site, but they don't get to do as many fun things. And that was a lot of what me and Armin ran into is because it wasn't the most revenue generating site, it was hard for us to go and do fun, cool content ideas. Like we had to beg and, and scratch for, you know, beg and call for every quarter that we got for production. So, I mean, but, but from that grew some really outside the box type Arm and Hammer t- TV content. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Man. And kind of and developed and grew the legend of Arm and Hammer. Absolutely. You know, it's, it became, it became the, the, the Armin show really, because he's the guy bringing the ammunition, but he's also the, the character, right? He's got such a way with presenting himself on camera and being engaging and being entertaining that 
innately any idea that we come up for Flow Elite must go to involve Armin. So it's like, hey, we're doing a shoe review. Well, Armin's not only going to be the star on, on screen, but he's also going to be the guy that's writing the creative. Like, what is the concept? And it's going to be as wacky and as weird as he wants because it's his personality coming through a channel. And then you add me, Cliff, and Kyle uh, to the equation, and we're just there as, like, you know, uh, propane or gas leads to the fire. Like, <laughs> we're like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we have Jacob Heppner shirtless and doing some type of weird bingo thing? Let's do it. <laughs> you know, that's a yeah. great idea. It, and Cliff and Kyle come from like a movie script writing background, right? They're so legit. They they do real screenplays and director uh, directing, directing and, and producing. Like that's their bag. They know production better than anybody I've ever you know interacted with, and that's saying a lot because since moving to Austin, that's all I really do. But the, those guys are buttoned up and they have a vision. They're very good. Um, so yeah, it's crazy that you can get those serious of guys to come in and just bring this wacky, fun, creative energy to uh, this this small little niche news site that's covering elite fitness. It was a magic time. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the four of you have all these bizarre ideas and opinions about things that together it made this magical show called San. Yeah. Scale is needed. Yeah. S-A-N. Uh, you know, it always felt like <laughs> it always felt like it was me and Armin, and Armin had a plan for how the episode was gonna go. In his head, he didn't share it with us, but he had an overall plan. He's like, We're gonna spend the first five minutes talking about this, then this, then this, and then we're gonna talk about movies at the end. And it always felt like it was me and Armin battling Kyle for where the show was gonna go each episode. And Cliff is like this unknown factor that could just come in and either be with me and Armin or with Kyle. And that's that's how the best episodes were created. We're just like, who's going to bring, who's going to drive the direction of this show? Is it going to be us talking about things we need to talk about because CrossFit regionals are happening? Or did Cliff and Kyle stay up really late watching Rick and Morty and maybe eat some edibles? And now that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it because like it, it could have been like a big news day and and it spun out of control at the beginning. And Armin is like, well, you know, Greg Glassman sold CrossFit in the in minute 45 of the show because it had spun out of control. <laughs> like, and, we're, finally... and we're talking to Mandalorian and Rick and Morty and. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> Yeah, once we parted with with Flo and it got even more unhinged, I felt like uh, it's Armin had to have his separate media news outlet of just him talking. Otherwise, like we were going to come in and like that's cool about CrossFit. Anyways, did you guys see Die Hard? And <laughs> like, <laughs> be like, why are we talking about Die Hard? It was yeah, it was that was uh, the highlight of of most of my weeks were you know, finding out what, what Kyle and Cliff had to share with us. I didn't really care about the CrossFit news. I knew all the CrossFit news. So. Yeah. And, and so how much did you guys hang out outside of the podcast? You know, me and Armin pretty much were hanging out every day in some shape or fashion. We were either like messaging or I was at his house or we were working out together. Um, 
I was really like his 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 prototype son, him and him and his wife's like prototype son where they could test out stuff, you know. Um at least I think it was like that. Hopefully I didn't I wasn't viewed as one of the dogs. I might have been viewed as one of the dogs, which is fine too, you know. <laughs> um yeah, me and Armin hung out a lot. Cliff and Kyle was like more like every other weekend, you know, once a month type of deal. They they were very because of like what they do outside of their main job, they're writing screenplays and working on side projects. They're very busy like writing and shooting all the time. So it was always always like, hey, if we all go do something, it's normally a movie. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't hung out with them in a long time. We need to go see, I think we might go see Jackass here, the new Jackass movie. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a good Jackass movie. Yeah, man. Uh, me, me and Armin got really close. Uh, Armin basically became like my uh, my my CrossFit coach. I, I worked out full time at CrossFit Yukaru, and at the time, I and still now I'm still pursuing the team and going to the games as a team with that with that squad. And we have a coach there, Michael Winchester, who's very well known in the space. But while Armin was here in Austin, he was really my my CrossFit coach because he knew me the best knew my tendencies, knew how I thought about workouts and what I was going to do generally before I do it. Um, and he also just had such like picture all the knowledge that he has about CrossFit. He, he's just as experienced as most of the games athletes. He might not be able to do it, but he could tell you how they approach something and why they approached it and why it's a good fit for you. Um, you know, and I, I think we saw that through his content when he was doing his open tip videos where it's like, Hey, like, this guy that's like amateur level fit has really good points that are going to help you get 20 rounds on a workout that you have no business getting 20 rounds on. Right. I had that at my disposal before anybody else. I had the, the arm and hammer TV programming available to me and it was super helpful. It's, it's been tough with him gone just because like that was a mainstay. Like if I was doing the open, if I was doing quarters, if I was doing a, a local competition qualifier workout. He was always in my corner to give me like, you know, his, his, uh, his counsel before I took on anything challenging like that. So yeah, that's, that's one of the big things that sucks with people moving away. You, you lose your, your gym bros. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got an opportunity to travel with him some probably because of your new job and, and having booze different places, but you know, he used you a lot as an analyst um, when looking at regionals or sanctionals or whatever they're called this year um, with the CrossFit <laughs> season. Yeah, yeah, that was like a, a natural fit. You know, I was still doing a full-time job. He's doing the full-time YouTube thing. Um, but I still have my passion for the sport. And it was like accumulating all this knowledge and still watching all this stuff and being tapped into all the social media and not having anywhere to like share it was like, that's killer, right? I didn't really have the, uh, I would say all the capacity or the time on my hands to just create my own YouTube channel. Um, so it just felt right to work for, for Armin on these things, you know, it was like, Hey, like bring the band back together and go talk about Wadapalooza, do some pregame coverage and then do some live content while we're there. Um, I'll be the cameraman when I need to be the cameraman. I'll be the, the blog writer. If I need to write a blog, um, yeah, a lot of times it was just like to have support, 
you know, there was a lot of things that were happening that weren't necessarily part of the content going out. You know, Arm Armin goes to an event like Wadapalooza and he's like in conversations all day and he needs somebody to kind of be his project manager. Like, hey man, like the elites are about to be up at Bayside, like you should probably get there. Or at Granite Games, it's like, hey man, we got to get out to the football field because you're going to miss this event. Otherwise, you know, just pulling them away from conversations because that guy has to stop and talk to everybody. But we also got to do some fun stuff like go out to the ranch and, and see the CF, CFMDL1 in real life and experience that. That was really cool. Um, and a bunch of other side side missions, if you will. Go and hang out with Bethany Shadburn as one of them. Kick it with Brent Kukowski. All fun stuff, you know. I was just really grateful to be the person he thought of as being his analyst guy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny because we interviewed Armin a while back. He is our still to this day our longest episode ever. <laughs> how how long is it? It's a good ninety minutes. He he can talk, man. Yeah, we tried it to cut it an natural. hour, but he just kept going. That's incredible. Yeah, he just talks over it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like uh he's like kanye west during his award acceptance speeches he's just like i'm gonna talk over the music like right <laughs> no that's that sounds totally right man um always have to factor in if you're doing something with armin like if we were doing a live stream or a podcast or like even just a little like video clip for youtube i always like buffered like an hour on the back end just because i knew it was going to run long i'd be like well it's a 15 minute video i'll probably be gone for like two hours and 45 minutes <laughs> well i want to That's talk about some, some other people in your life you are engaged right now yeah yeah crazy man <laughs> so what how did you and your fiance meet so me and me and linda met through crossfit yukaru um and she she doesn't agree with this first story, but this is this is how the first story happened from my perspective. So in my opinion, it's correct. So I've been at CrossFit Yukaru for about three weeks, and I joined during the middle of the open. And this puts us at the last workout uh, of the open, which was seventeen five, which is the ten rounds of I think nine thrusters and thirty double unders or thirty five double unders. I do the workout. I come over to a group of people. I see my one friend that I had made at the gym at the time. Uh, her name's Sarah. And I'm like, felt like I did pretty good on the workout. And I want to talk to somebody about it. I go over to Sarah and she's talking to who at the time I didn't know who she was. Turns out it was Linda. I go over <clears throat> and I'm like, that workout went really well. A lot better than I expected. And instantly Linda's like, what was your time? Like very serious, very, very, very serious. I tell her my time and in her face, I could see that she thinks I'm lying or she's annoyed about my time, one or the other. But it felt like she thought that I was lying about my time because then she goes on and she's like, my time was this. And we were like within seconds apart. And that was my first interaction with Linda. I thought that she hated me and thought that I was a cheater at reps and <laughs> Then I, but I also remember thinking at the time, I was like, damn, who is this chick? Like, she's the most beautiful chick I've ever seen. I have a strict rule about not intermingling with anybody from the gym. Like, this is a terrible idea. It never goes well. I mean, from what I've seen. Uh, so I was like, but this chick, like, she's, she's beautiful. Like, 
I got to find out more about her. And then I proceed to, uh, you know, go on a conversation with Sarah and, and that. And I'm thinking about, about Linda, but I don't know anything about her. And I don't see her at the gym anymore because she goes to like the 6 a.m., 5 a.m. classes and I go to the 6 p.m., 7 p.m. classes. So we just never cross paths. It never happens. I would like, I knew that she existed, but it was like a unicorn. I just never saw her. <laughs> and then, and then that like that was in February or March of that year. And then, you know, later that year in December, she had a she like changed positions at her job, and she was coming into the evening classes. And once she started coming into our classes, I was you know persistent because I still thought she didn't like me. But I was like, I gotta at least try to shoot my shot, like this guys see you know i'm charming i'll make it work and i just <laughs> i just kept on i i wore her down and we got to do some coffee dates we hit it off during the coffee dates um and now it's shoot it's like four years later and we're engaged and it's been killer ever since now she insists that she was not annoyed by me and that she just didn't like that I was interrupting their conversation, which is fair, but also I think she just didn't believe me about my score. She still <laughs> she still doesn't believe me about workouts. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, does she still think you're a rep shaver? Yes. <laughs> she's gonna marry you anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know I think she's come to terms with that. I'm not a rep shaver, I'm just terrible at counting double unders. <laughs> like and it's totally true. Like I'll either be over by 10 reps, under by 20, or right on. It's just like, there's no consistency. I can't, I can't do anything while counting. So if I'm like trying to like do double unders, I can't keep track. So I rely heavily on judges and we know that. And I think she's come to peace with like, it's not me trying to be <laughs> malicious or cheap. I'm just done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So says all women about men, even though they were Dean's list students the whole way through college. I got, I got to bring that up to her. I got to be like, here, I'm actually smart, but I can't count. Luckily, I didn't have to do a lot of math. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I'm, I'm taking it since she was just a couple seconds within your score. She's a pretty good CrossFitter herself. Yeah, she, she's an incredible CrossFitter. And I, I always have to tell her that. Uh, you know, right now, right now she's out doing CrossFit, but when she was pursuing it, she's was so easy and quick to get down on herself because at CrossFit Yukaru, especially during that time, we had so many killer female competitors. I mean, it, it was like, we had like this crazy abundance. I don't know. There was something in the water where every female that walked through the door that wanted to be a competitor was like almost games level individual. Um, and to be a part of that and not be one of the top people is very discouraging, right? Like you just feel like I'm not very good, but I was like, Linda, if you walk into any other gym in the country, unless it's CrossFit Invictus, you're going to be the best person at CrossFit in that gym. And you have to keep that in mind. Like it doesn't matter. Like you're competing with a bunch of like dragons, man. I, I don't know what you expect. Like if you beat these people consistently, then you're going to the games <laughs> and you know, it's, it's still tough, but she, yeah, she, kick my ass at pretty much anything that was upper body strength and endurance. Like she can almost do the same numbers as me for an overhead squat or a shoulder to overhead. And she, you know, I outweigh her by like 60 pounds. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a unicorn in amongst dragons. Yes. Yes, that's a very good way to put it, you know. <laughs> Still rare, just different. Just different. <laughs> so when is the wedding date? Or do you not have one? We we don't have one. So we we are we're gonna keep it we're we're both pretty like private ish people. Um but we're not gonna do like a big old wedding to do thing. It's gonna be a lot more intimate and you know, mostly just for us type of deal and some close friends. Um but yeah, within within the next month or so, that's that's when I'll be coming down the pipe. That's the plan. That's awesome. You know. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, like I know, I we did the big brouhaha, right? And I was paying it off for ten years, and, and you don't even remember the day that much because you're being pulled in like eighteen different directions, right? So who is it really yeah. for? You or the guests you invite? Yeah, it's a it's a lot of a lot of show, and it's a lot of for family and. And neither one of us have big families. We're both very, like, kind of on our own. Um, so for us, it's like, do we want to do the stress and the performance? Or do we want to do something that is more meaningful to this core group of people that we value and something unique? Like, I think everything about what we do is new. We talk about, like, creating new traditions all the time um, and being unconventional. Because I feel a lot of people do stuff because of, because of traditions and habit and like what they see on TV and what their like mom and dad or grandpa and grandma did rather than just like doing what they want to do. And I think that's, we're going to be like sticks in the mud about that. Like let's go the different path. Yeah. All for it, man. All for <laughs> it. Yeah, so thanks, my original plan was to like do a little bit background of you and then do some analysis about what's coming up with the CrossFit season, but we are coming up on the hour already because we've had such a great conversation, but I know, you know, about our new show, the rig report coming out. And I really want you since Armin is on sabbatical, I want <laughs> you to, to, to jump in with us a little bit and do some um, analytics or analysis um, as we move forward with that show. So I'll wait to do that with you then, but I know the open is tomorrow as we're recording this. You're trying to make get a team to the games. Absolutely. How, how stoked are you for the open announcement tomorrow? I'm pumped, man. It's it's always it's always exciting every year. Like, no matter how much you try to act like it's not a big deal, especially as you get like a little more elite as a competitor, you're like, yeah, open doesn't matter. Like, I'll get to the next stage. There's still like this weird energy and like excitedness that comes with it. It's like, oh, what are they gonna do this year? Like. Are we going to have wall walks again? I hope not. Are we going to be all dumbbells again? I, I just found out yesterday that there's no ergs in the open. And I'm an erg guy. You know how, like, so it's scary for me uh, in that regard. Because it could be, like, max strict handstand push-ups or a snatch. And, you know, so excited, nervous, anxious. That's all the things that come with it. But mostly excited because I think, I think we have the team to do some really fun stuff this year. So speaking of teams, it's be, it's going to be a highlighted division this year. You know, Rich stacked the team again. And he's got her own team over there in Iceland with your yeah. old uh, wrestling buddy, Tola. <laughs> you know, and, him, and we don't even know what who else is. I know like Kelsey Keel and Joey Tutoro have a team together up there in Philly. Like yeah. they're, some of the biggest names in the sport are putting together teams how cool is it if you make it to the games with all of that in that spotlight? 
Like that's the dream. You know, you want to, you want to make it, you want to make it to the games when the competition is at the highest, right? You don't want anybody to be like, it's a fluke that they're there. Like you made it because the field was easy. So the more stacked, the more uh, super teams, if you will, there are, the more enticing it is. Um, it's extremely exciting. You know, I feel like there's a lot of workouts where, where we can definitely hold our own and beat people. Uh, there's a lot of workouts where we definitely will, you know, have to, you know, minimize our damages, if, if you will. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's anything that, you know, I don't think there's any reason why we don't belong to be there. Like we don't deserve to be there. Now we just have to go and execute. We've, we've put all the work in. Um, and I think with the super teams and what you always see is it's these weird affiliate teams that are trading all year together, know each other like the back of their hand that, that show out, you know, the, the Travis Williams example, when he had his super team, it, you know, incredibly fit individuals, but there's a little bit of mismesh. Um, that year that they tried to pursue the games and then you see mayhem and they're always together. They train together. They breathe together. I don't know, man. Like, so I think it'll be a lot of that. You're going to have the super teams and they're going to be fun to watch. But when it comes to the more teamwork stuff, the, the worm, the unison synchro stuff, they'll have a hard time. And then you have, the European teams reaching the podium last year for the first time ever. So now yeah. it's not just like a U.S. thing, right? That Everybody's getting better around the world. Um, so I think that's even making it even more exciting on the team side. Yeah, it's like now, now it's like, I, I, you know, you don't want to be like a nationalist, but like whatever you could be like in that position, like I got to carry the torch for like the U.S. I got to carry like, you know, even when it was regionals, like we're carrying the torch for like, texas um so like take that to the next level it's like really fun and exciting to watch the more competitive field gets like australia team european team you know come against a, a u.s team like that's i feel like all of that is good for the sport and makes it more entertaining yeah well chase it's been awesome man we're, we're right up on the hour now and i don't want to take too much of your time but i want to thank you for joining us it's been a great conversation I loved getting to know you better and we're hoping to see you much more in the future. Absolutely, man. I I'm, I'm totally down to, to jump on the new show. I got to do a little bit more research. So I come with it, you know, um, I appreciate y'all, you know, deciding to have a little interview with me is a lot of fun to travel back during, during time. It's uh, <laughs> been a bit of journey, man. I'm extremely grateful for everything. Yeah. Thanks a bunch, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.